Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Friday, December 22nd, and on today's show, we are breaking down the NFL Week 16 board in 16 minutes or less. That will be my goal as I try and review not only the spots that I have action on, but some sharp spots, some places that you could use in a teaser, some of the way that the odds are priced and what that says to me. We will go through the entire board and apply our handicapping processes to these lines in real time. Before I get started, let me remind everyone a few things. First off, your boy's hot as fuck right now. I am coming into this weekend winning three straight NFL weeks, winning seven straight days of betting, accumulating over 30 units combined in net profit. If you combine those two hot streaks, it has been a ridiculous run, and we plan to keep that going. In other news, you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. You can sign up for my Substack, fiddlespicks.substack.com. I'm going to be doing a bunch more a bunch more giveaways. I just reached 7 thousand views on the Substack newsletter in the month of December or in the last 30 days rather so some late November into December that's a huge accomplishment for me if you're not already on the Substack that is the best place to get first access to all of my bets it is completely free and I have no plans to start selling picks that is just not something I am interested in doing plus when you're cashing as many bets as I am I don't need to sell picks. I'm winning bets anyways. All right, let's go through this board. Let's start with the, you know what? Actually, before we start with the odds that are happening on the board right now, I quickly want to talk about last night's Rams-Saints game and why I decided to play a minus 198 money line instead of playing the minus four on the spread. I did some math and I did some fact checking and I understood that the proper value for a minus four on the spread is a minus 196 money line. I was paying minus 198. So there was two cents more on the dollar while absorbing all of the points necessary to take the money line versus the minus four is essentially a 50-50 chance with the live odds. But I was paying minus 110 instead of what should have been plus 100. So when I talk about the minus four correlates with a minus 196, in theory, that's its actual expected hit rate, not the inherent implied probability that you should get on the odds. The implied probability in the odds that I got was minus 198. On the spread, it was minus 110. But I was comparing them to what they're actually worth, which was plus 100 and minus 196. So, of course, taking the minus 196 to minus 198 move was paying a lot less for the numbers while also, so I'm paying less difference between expected value and implied probability compared to the spread while I also absorbed the favorite in football where I was going to get the three-point win. Now, they ended up winning by eight, but I think uh, the Saints had a chance potentially to tie the game. And and drive down the field when they were down eight and potentially score and uh, convert the two points. If they had scored but missed a two-point conversion, they would have won by two and I still would have won my bet. So I decided to play the minus 198 money line simply because it was the best value bet on the board. 
I it's not because I'm scared of playing a minus four. It would still would have covered and cashed. It's because it presented the best number. And that's all. A lot of what I do is run these numbers. So let's talk about the numbers that are still left on the board for week 16. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Mike Tomlin as an underdog, baby. Mike Tomlin as an underdog is one of the safest trends in sports betting. So that is the direction that I'm playing. I'm noticing this at a plus 2.5, which means this falls into the category of a Stanford Wong teaser leg. It fits the criteria of me being able to tease this with six points and push this to a plus 8.5. So the way that I'm using this game is Steelers plus 8.5 in a teaser leg. It's also super attractive because the over-under in this game is currently listed at 37 and a half. I'm actually going to share my screen for FanDuel right now on the YouTube channel. So if you're watching this on the Fiddles Picks YouTube channel, which I need to start uploading more of my videos to, you can see that right now the over-under for this game is 37 and a half. But the spread is plus 2.5. So by pushing this to a plus 8.5, I am getting a large home underdog with a trends coach that loves the home underdog spot in a game where the expected total is about 38 points. That is such a low total in football that it's going to be hard for the Bengals to win by nine or more and me to lose that leg if there's only going to be sub 40 points scored in this game. Then you're looking at it having to be like a 21-10 type of win, 24 to 10, and win that low scoring. But more outcomes exist where the Steelers end up covering this as the dog. So love Steelers plus 8.5 in a teaser leg. It's also only juiced to minus 102 in FanDuel. FanDuel is one of those places that rips you off for your teaser bets and makes you pay like minus 130 or something. But when you're starting off with a minus 102 leg, you could pay that standard uh, minus 120 that a two-team six-point teaser should be. I'm getting really in-depth with some numbers. The other thing that I like about this steelers Bengals game in terms of it being a great leg for a teaser, not only do you get the home underdog, not only do you play into the trend, not only do you play into the low total on the board, it's also an island game, meaning that there are no other games occurring in the same window. It is Saturday at 4.30. There will be no other games happening at that time slot, which means you have the added flexibility of pairing this with any other leg on the board because ideally when we're pairing two teaser legs together, we don't like them to start at the same kickoff time. If you want a further in-depth explanation on that, go to my Twitter page at Fiddlespicks and check out one of my recent tweets where I did a whole deep dive strategy guide into teasers, some of the rules, some of the math behind it, what movement you should be looking for, what prices you should pay, and how you evaluate and pair these lines together. So go check that out on at fiddlespicks.com. The second leg that I paired with it was Colts plus 2.5. And it makes me sad to go against my beloved Atlanta Falcons. I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan. I was just brutally wrong about them this year and thought they'd be good. So now I've come full circle and it's fuck the Falcons. Uh, I'm taking the Colts plus 2.5. They've been a much better team at home this year. So taking them as on the road isn't ideal, but I do think it fits the Wong teaser criteria. And I don't see this Falcons team really blowing out anyone. Both of these teams are predominantly run heavy. 
with iffy quarterbacks and stout defenses depending on the day. So I, I expect this one to be a close one-score game between the Colts and the Falcons. I've backed the Colts a few times, and they've done me really well. I've backed the Falcons way too many times, and they've burned me left and right. So I think there's some inherent bias that I could back the Colts and go away from the Falcons because the Falcons always screw people who are backing them. I am playing the – oh, I wanted to quickly mention I have no action on Bill's Chargers. Obviously, Bills are getting a ton of money on their side because of uh, the coaching situation, the quarterback situation in Los Angeles, and the way that the Bills have been on a nice hot streak recently. I just hope that the Bills win this game. I want the Bills to make the playoffs. I almost joked with a friend recently that we should have the college football committee. I didn't almost joke. I did joke with a friend recently that we should almost have a college football-like playoff committee in the NFL to determine the wild cards. Like You should just have whoever wins your division get in, and then there should be a de facto, we're going to put the best teams that we think or the most entertaining teams that we think. But if we get to a point in a few weeks where it's like the Bills or the Steelers, because we just talked about the Steelers or the Bengals, because those two teams have winning records, and they could be vying for another wild card spot. If it's the Ravens winning that division, the Miami Dolphins winning the AFC East, and we have the Bills fighting with the Steelers and the Bengals for a wild card spot, we all want to see the Bills. The only ones who object to this were the fan, or would be the fan bases of those teams. But we all prefer to see the Bills. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm a fan of the team that I bet on. I will be betting those games if there's line value presented in them and studying the board the same way I always would. But then my eyes, when I go watch the game, would get to see Josh Allen instead of Trubisky or Jake Browning's actually been kind of a dog. Uh, all right. Let's get back to the board. I'm also on Packers Panthers over the number I got it at is 36 and a half. It is at 37 and a half universally. 37 is one of the more important outcomes in the 30s, so it is a fairly significant move. However, I still think you could play it if you play it at slightly of a smaller amount. Maybe you don't go in for the full unit. Maybe you go half a unit on it. Uh, the Packers defense under Joe Brady, I think the name is atrocious atrocious. I heard a smart football mind say they've been studying the past three weeks of their opponent and planning for that instead of planning for the way that they expect their opponent to attack their defense, right? Those are clearly two different things. The other, the, the offense on the other side is going to prepare for the way that this defense struggles, not the same way that the Panthers just played against the Falcons last week. So uh, expect the Carolina Panthers to be able to put up points. And on the flip side, the Packers offense is starting to hum together and be more pass heavy under Jordan Love and some of the receivers using Jaden Reed as a almost uh, Ty Montgomery type running back out of their backfield where he's like a gadget player and short slants and end arounds. Uh, looking at Christian Watson, if he's finally healthy and playing in this game, but Romeo Dobbs, absolute end zone target. Uh, both of their rookie tight ends are pretty good. I think Aaron Jones got back to playing last week. So expect the Panthers-Packers game to go over the 36 and a half. I'm also on Cleveland Browns, minus 2.5. Let's talk about pricing of numbers again real quick. We have minus 2.5 at FanDuel at minus 120. We have minus 3 at DraftKings at minus 110. 
the value on two and through the three in football is worth about 22 cents. It is the most important hook in sports betting because apparently the three has like a 18 roughly percent outcome in, in NFL games and the favorite landing on the three is about a 10% outcome. So these are really important hooks to, to, to be close to. So if you're paying minus 120 for the minus 2.5, that provides better value than taking the minus three at minus 110 because you are being charged 10 cents for that hook to go from minus 110 to minus 120 and to go from minus three to minus 2.5. That means it is worth it to take the fan duel minus 2.5 Browns at minus 120. Of course, check all your books and see if you get the minus 2.5 at, you know, minus 118 or minus 114 is I think what Bet Rivers has it at. So make sure you line shop around all of the books that you have access to and take the best Cleveland Browns line. The Texans are going to be without CJ Stroud again against this Browns defense. Flacco, I trust. Davis Mills, I do not. So if you're going to give me a under a field goal favorite. I, I don't care that I'm on the road. This Texas team is just too banged up and health is one of the key situations to fade in the uh, late NFL season. And the Pan- uh, the Texans are just not healthy. So fade that. Uh, the Lions are taking on the Vikings. The Vikings are a clear as hell sharp side. Check this out. 82% of the bets, 79% of the money on the Lions. So bigger bets are on the Vikings because even though it's small volume, the average is 18 of the bets, but 21% of the money on the Viking side. So slightly bigger bets on the Vikings indicates that it's sharp action. We also have this line sticking at three the whole week. It opened at three and it's remained at three. And we're even having some, a little bit of reverse line movement in the juice going from a minus 110 to now the Vikings at plus three being the juice side. Now, I don't really understand it because all of me wants to take the Lions in this spot. So I'm almost willing to be a public schmuck here, but to say the Lions at the Vikings in a dome stadium, which we know Jared Goff much prefers the dome, he's much better at home than his road splits. That's because his home is a dome. So when he's on the road in a dome, you can expect him to do better than going to Chicago or Lambeau, the other two places in the division, which he has to travel to every season. So when he goes to Minnesota, he's going to have a better game. So I trust Goff in this situation. Uh, What do we have? Nick Mullen starting for the Vikings after a really brutal loss with them probably ending their playoff hopes this week. Actually, they're kind of still definitely on the bubble. I don't know. I I, I lean, if you're going to make me pay even money, which is available at some books, at FanDuel, it's minus 104. I mean, that's a 51% implied probability. That's intriguing on the Lions' side, even to be a public schmuck. Commanders at Jets, and the Jets are not only a clear sharp side, but one of my biggest bets of the week. We have a very similar situation happening with Vikings-Lions as Commanders-Jets, but I just think the team situations are completely different. 
So in terms of the line movement, we're having money come in on the commanders. We're having the line stick at the three. It's not moving. And we're having the handle be juiced towards the Jets. So now paying for a Jets minus three is becoming more expensive. It's becoming easier to get a commanders plus three. It's at minus 110 now, but it hasn't really been that that much. They're giving you, they're gifting the public commanders plus three, which means give me the Jets minus three or give me the Jets minus 158 on a money line. When we start to compare money lines versus spreads, the money line on the minus three equates to a minus 145 in its expected value. So now you're debating yourself, I mean, you're going to pay minus 145, I mean, minus 158 on what's worth minus 145, 13 cents of difference, or are you going to pay minus 110 on something that's worth plus minus 100? That right there is honestly a pretty even split in, in what you're asking. It might even tend towards the money line. When I put my bet in, it was minus 165 and it was 20 cents versus 10 cents. Right? 20 cents going from minus 145 to minus 165. 10 cents going from minus plus minus 100 to minus 110. Uh, Jets, my biggest position, commanders have traded off their defensive parts, uh, lost another tough one to the Rams last weekend. Jets getting Aaron Rodgers back at practice and everyone in the building trying to keep their job for next season. That's what I think the difference is. And I'm realizing we are blowing past the 16 minute mark. I got to speed this up. Uh, Jaguars Buccaneers. I'm on the over 42 and a half. This is one of the ones where I am behind with negative CLV and the over under is 41 and a half. And it's completely dependent on the Trevor Lawrence news. Uh, we don't know whether Lawrence is going to play or he's going to sit and it's going to be someone like CJ Beathard. And in that case, the over is uh, fucked probably. Anyways, uh, this is a game. Also slight caveat because of the Trevor Lawrence situation where the game opened as Jaguars minus 2.5 and is now out to Jaguars plus 1.5. So three points of movement due to the Trevor Lawrence injury. It's a short travel for the Jaguars to go to Tampa. In floor in state Florida game. It's the Florida Bowl. And what I really wanted to emphasize with this spot is finding the place where the line movement took the took it from favorite to underdog, right? If they opened at minus 2.5 and now they've been pushed to underdog at plus 1.5. If you can then tease that number through the wong legs and bring that up to plus 7.5. That has been the most successful and cashing at a ridiculously high rate teaser leg in the NFL. So you're pairing principles of line movement with Wong teaser legs, probably doing this later in the week once the lines have moved a bit and you're getting more information from the market. And you're saying, wow, this team was priced as a favorite. So the market thought they were going to win outright. Then they were pushed because of money or news breaks to being an underdog. And then I could tease them from the dog number up through the most important numbers. So you're getting essentially 10 points of movement to go from minus 2.5 to plus 8.5 from opening line to what your teaser closing line is going to be. And you're paying for a six point teaser in the process. 
So if these NFL markets are sharp at open and at close, which they both are, then getting 10 points while paying for a six-point movement is crazy valuable. That's why it's cash to get such a high rate. I chose to forego this one as the second uh, option in my teaser with the Steelers earlier because I was on the over. And I didn't want to be on the underdog up with the over combined because those don't correlate. I didn't want to be on the Texans uh, teased up when I was already on the Browns. I chose to go with the Colts. Um, Let's keep going and finish this board off. Cowboys qualify as a Stanford Wong teaser leg, but I don't love it because the over-under is at 50.5. So it could be a high-scoring game, which leads to a lot of... uh, possibilities for the Dolphins to cover by more than a touchdown. The Patriots Broncos also sits in Stanford Wong teaser leg because you could bring the Broncos from 7.5 down to minus 1.5, right? So we can bring that down the other way and tease the favorite through the Wong key numbers and say, all right, the Broncos are just going to take care of the Patriots at home. Uh, That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Uh, We also have what? three Monday night games. I will be on the Ravens 49ers over. I got it at 46 and a half. I can guarantee you 46 and a half is still available at other spots on the board. So make sure you line shop and look for that. I also like 49ers minus five and a half. That is for sure available other places on the board. This just moved to six and a half and 47.5 as I've been doing this podcast. So I would go grab those lines while you can think this is going to be the Brock Purdy cements his MVP case. You could almost argue, quick little tip and trick, if you want to hedge off of a 49ers money line, take 49ers money line, what is it, minus 260, and flip it around with Lamar Jackson MVP plus 500. Because if the Ravens win this game, Lamar puts himself right in the driver's seat for MVP over Brock Purdy. And you could indirectly arbitrage Lamar MVP with 49ers winning week 16. Because then you look at 17, 18, how much could that swing things? Check what their schedules are quickly. But it should be enough for, you'll also, it'll also be on Monday night. So wait on it and see how the rest of the, the situations play out. Right? See if the Browns win and see who wins in the, Steelers Bengals game and how that shapes up for the division and who would have the tie breaks and who still plays the Ravens. You could get yourself in a situation where it's very likely going to be uh, Lamar locking up the, what is it, AFC North and Purdy locking up his division and the one seeds in their respective conferences. And then the MVPs on the line. So you could even, Instead of just instead of even taking the, the the question you'd have to ask yourself is instead of taking the minus two sixty money line for the 49ers, would you just take Brock Purdy minus two hundred and Lamar plus five hundred? I mean, if you think this is a two man race, that's really interesting. All right. Left you guys with some fun nuggets to think about that I don't even have my own mind made up on. That'll do it for today's show. I am not doing any DFS. I will release a core four graphic because I have looked at the board a little bit, but I'm not going to do a show until 
playoffs start again. I'm going to forego doing any DFS content in the next few weeks. Some people are playing their NFL fantasy playoffs. Other people are just need a break from fantasy football because they got eliminated from their playoffs. So let's get back to it when the whole league is done and the whole season is over and we can still play DFS through the playoffs and through some high leverage games that we will all be watching and we could break down some showdown slates, some millie makers and all that stuff. We'll get Mike LaFemina, we'll get we'll get Gib back on to break down some DFS. But for now and for the next two weeks after this, we're just going to do NFL best bets on Friday. We're going to do uh, NBA breakdowns on Wednesday. And we're going to do the challenge. Me and Gibby recorded an episode of the challenge, which will be recapping episodes. And I will release that every Sunday night or Monday. And of course, I am joining Adam King on the Balls Deep podcast, which we also, I think, release on Sundays, which previews fantasy basketball streamers for the following week and the schedule. So four podcasts a week right now. We are cooking. Sign up for the Substack. Probably like five or six emails a week on that end. We are rolling and we are cashing and it is time to come for the ride. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.